0: we Africa Unite, that's what it is. And thank you so much uh, for joining us. And right now we conclude our conversations today with a history lesson, um, as we learn about uh, this South Africa of ours that uh, we love so much. And uh, we get to know more about uh, um, and warm uh, to many uh, Christian Frederick Bayes Nodier, And joining us to help us uh, understand this great uh, iconic leader uh, is Professor Um, Professor John DeGranchi, who's Emeritus um, Professor of Christian Studies at UCT and Extraordinary Professor in the Faculty of Theology uh, at Stellenbosch University. Uh, Good afternoon and uh, welcome, Professor. Thank you so much for taking our call.
1: It's a great pleasure.
0: Now, for people, especially young ones, who do not know um, about uh, Uncle uh, Wom, uh, Bayes Nodier, as known to many, uh, 1915 it was on the 10th of May. Uh, what was it like? Who, who was he as a young man? And what inspired him to join politics?
1: Well, uh, I think it's important, first of all, to know that he came out of um, a deep uh, conservative Afrikaner, Dutch reform background. Uh, and his names actually are the names of a famous Boer War general. Uh, so, and his father was a, a very distinguished Germany uh, and a member of the Bruderbond. This was Bayers Nordi's world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to understand how he moved, one has to know that that's where he came from
0: and and it would then be interesting to understand what gave the shift um because if you yes. born of that background uh, it yeah. means he would have been a a, staunch, a a staunch what we refer to then as as a boor, uh and yes. and it's now derogatory um but you know what then gave shift to who he then became
1: well okay uh, i think um Keep in mind that he was a member himself of the Bruderbund, mm. that he himself was a duermany. But when he was a young duermany in Potschestrum, uh, he began to ask questions about what was happening in the Potschestrum location. Mm-hmm. And he got to know some pastors and ministers uh, in that uh, location to find out uh, all that was happening just at the time when apartheid was uh, becoming the powerful ideology that that it eventually did become so uh, he, despite his background he was concerned about and interested in those questions but the turning point really happened uh, at the time of Sharpeville oh. uh, and it was uh, Sharpeville that woke him up to the realities of uh, the South African situation, and especially to the injustices of apartheid. And uh, after Sharpeville, uh, Bayes was never the same in terms of where he'd come from. Uh, he was, uh, by that stage, already the moderator of the, Transval, uh, the South Transvaal Synod of the Dutch Reformed Church, so very high up. In the Dutch Reformed Church, and also somebody who people were saying he's a future Prime Minister of South Africa. Uh, but because of, he now began to ask questions about apartheid, uh, and became a leading figure at the World Council of Churches consultation in 1960 after Sharpeville, which questioned uh, apartheid, uh, he was soon uh, found himself uh, in a position of opposition to apartheid and to the National Party government,
0: and and I mean, how as as a, a priest at the time, um, does he reconcile what he was being, what he was experiencing? Because Shabville uh, was a personal experience, and uh, but he was coming from an environment, a society that was discriminatory and, yeah, and yeah. very racist at the time.
1: Well, Schauffel and the Cottesloe Consultation was an eye-opener for him, and uh, he began to see things from a very different perspective. Mm. And one must also keep in mind that he, as a young German, had traveled oh. in Germany, uh, and in Germany he had also seen what had happened there in terms of the Nazi policies uh, against Jews and other uh, minorities. So he was beginning to read the South African situation no longer through the eyes of an Afrikaner Bruderbonder, bonder, uh, but through the eyes now of... Uh, b- black South Africans who were experiencing the sharp end of apartheid.
0: Mm. And and I mean he was um, later known as a person whose ideals are based on truth, justice and equality. In fact um Mandela spoke very highly of him. Uh, but how was he received by his peers when he had uh, that shift and change of mind?
1: Well of course he was uh, defrocked as uh, a Dutch reform Germany. Mm. And then he joined the Black Dutch Reformed Mission Church, at the NG Kirk in Africa. Uh, and uh, from from the early 1960s, when he established the Christian Institute, which was an anti-apartheid ecumenical church organization in South Africa, mm-hmm. from from then on he was um, regarded as an opponent by the government, uh, and uh, he more and more sided with. Uh, anti-apartheid uh, activists uh, including eventually Steve Biko mm. uh, so um, uh, he, he was certainly rejected by his own uh, colleagues uh, or most of his own colleagues and by his own um, Afrikaner uh, um, fellow citizens uh, and especially when he broke with the yeah. so so he was on his own really
0: and he also helped to raise um, uh, funds, and uh, at times taking from his family money, um, helping uh, those of the ANC who were in exile yes, at the time. Yes,
1: indeed. Helping and, them you know, to find he, safe he houses. He was one of the people, you know, He after the the death of, of Biko and, and after the Soweto uprising, uh, uh, which he supported, he was banned. He was banned for seven years, in fact. Mm. But uh, he, he he was a channel for uh, money coming from the Defence and Aid Fund in, in Britain uh, that went to support uh, activists who were being charged with uh, offences against apartheid and treason and so forth. So he became very involved with the ANC underground, during his um, uh, banning period. Mm. So much so, sorry?
0: Sure, you can go ahead, so much so.
1: No, I was going to say, uh, so much so that when uh, after uh, 1990 and the release of uh, Madiba, uh, he he was asked to be part of the ANC negotiating team with Mm. the National Party uh, government.
0: And one of his missions was also to unite church, that you cannot have a church, a church that is based on race. Um, and, absolutely. I, looking back, uh, I mean, what were some of uh, the strides and what were some of the gains from that uh, activism?
1: Well, in, in 1968, he was one of the uh, main figures that led to the publication of the message to the people of South Africa. And that message made it very clear, already in 1968, that Christianity and apartheid were totally opposed uh, uh, systems of belief. Mm. So um, one of his main contributions was a Christian critique uh, of apartheid. Mm. But it wasn't just a theoretical one. He was also an activist. So he became involved in opposing apartheid apartheid. At the grassroots level, Um, he was involved as a pastor in Alexandra Township. Uh, He was very much involved with people who were being uh, persecuted because of their uh, political convictions. Uh, So he um, he worked at a number of different levels and gave a lot of support to people who were anti-apartheid activists.
0: And and I mean, would you say, uh, in hindsight, looking uh, at at his contribution and uh, what he was exposed to at the time, that he was way ahead of his time?
1: He he was away. Yes, certainly, he was ahead of his time, Uh, and um, he wasn't alone. Of course, there were others who supported him, but he was the figurehead. He was the uh, the leader. Uh, But I I, I think that uh, in the nineteen uh 70s, 1980s, uh, it was becoming clear to many others that he was not only ahead of his time, he was, in fact, the right person for that time uh, during the states of emergency and leading up to uh, 1989 and uh, uh, the unbanning of the ANC. It was very clear that he had, his position had been proved correct. I mean, I'm talking here about the white community. I mean, the black community didn't have to be persuaded about that. But within sure. the, the white the white community, um, certainly within uh, sections of the Dutch Reformed Church, the African community, and, and sections within the white church, uh, the white English-speaking church. So uh, although he was still not uh, a, a figure that everybody... Uh, supported, uh, increasingly, he was being supported.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about him not confining in in, in his family. Um, I mean, it, it was uh, very heartbreaking listening to his uh, daughter uh, during his funeral, uh, where she was saying that most of the stuff about uh, who was known as Um uh, Bayes, he they didn't know.
1: Uh, Well, yes, uh, you know, a lot of what he did uh, was very negatively reported uh, Mm. by the press, especially the Afrikaans press. Uh, He was heavily criticized in the church, uh, and um, there was a lot of persecution um, uh, at different levels of members of the family. They were shunned by the Afrikaner community. So it was very tough on the family. Yes, that is absolutely right. And it, it was a costly thing for people to identify with him.
0: But interestingly, that uh, we, we are at a time when we're celebrating uh, Nelson, and they had a very um, a, a interesting brotherhood uh, going on. Let's yes. talk about that uh, when we return. Call Chris Zelda now. 0891 104 207. Taking your calls right now on 0891 and also welcoming your comments on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. And you can also join us uh, um, Baba SMS 40938 charged at 150. And right now, talking about uh, Bayes Nodier, Christian Frederick Bayes Nodier. This is uh, South African History Umhawbolo, at SAFM Radio. And um, Um, uh, for those of you perhaps who would like to contribute about the history that you know of and uh, comparing to what you are hearing right now, we welcome your comments and joining me on the line is uh, uh, Professor John DeGrucci who is Emeritus Professor of uh, Christian Studies at UCT and uh, also Extraordinary Professor in the Faculty of uh, Theology at University of uh, Stellenbosch and uh, we're taking your comments questions right now. Before we took a break um professor john let's let, let's talk about his uh, very special relationship with nelson mandela um, yeah, he yeah. described him as a very close friend and a true yes, humanitarian
1: they yes they, they certainly were i mean if if uh, if madiba was the figurehead of the anc struggle uh then bavnodi was the figurehead of those who were those whites who was, were engaged in the anti-apartheid struggle, so they, they they fulfilled a similar role, and therefore it's not surprising that they found each other and uh, that uh, uh, President Mandela invited him to be part of the ANC team in the negotiations. Mm. Uh, they were on the same wavelength and. Um, uh, similar characters in many ways coming from very very different backgrounds of course uh, and it i I think it's one of the the best examples of how a new South Africa could come into being yeah. uh, representing the, the the contending parties, if you like
0: I think one of the um disheartening situations about South Africa is we celebrate people when they are no more. Uh, if yeah, you were yeah. to just, uh, and I'm speaking to the teacher in you now, uh, speaking to uh, you know young people who are activists who are very vocal, how should we uphold the legacy of uh, Ombeas Nodir?
1: Yeah, you know I think every generation has to to rediscover people who they perhaps write off, uh, just as they might write off their parents or, mm. or what have you, uh, and that's understandable. But I think that it's terribly important to keep these stories alive because there's an enormous amount we learn from them, uh, and we don't have to keep on reinventing the wheel. Uh, We can gain enormous insight. So uh, this easy rejection of uh, of some uh, great leaders of the past Uh, is usually based on a total misunderstanding, misrepresenting them, um, partly because um, a new generation doesn't have the complete story.
0: So whose responsibility is it to teach?
1: Well, I I think it's our responsibility as as older people, but also uh, the responsibility to get these stories uh, into the school curriculum. Uh, Mm. It's our responsibility to not let these memories die. And that's why um, remembering them uh, on occasions like uh, 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 President Mandela's birthday uh, and so on, these are terribly important things to retell the story. And, and I think also to challenge when um, when a, a new generation simply dismisses them, to challenge that. I, I don't think we simply t- t- accept... Uh, uh, you know an easy rejection of 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 the previous generation
0: and Putitaker says umbes nodia's life has never um, was never celebrated enough and he he was he too was a stalwart and you yes,
1: and I, I think it's to the credit of uh, Stellenbosch University that there's now a Bayes Nordi Center mm. uh, that keeps uh, Bayes Nordi's uh, legacy alive, and uh, there are people working on his legacy. There's a whole program of, of lectures, uh, uh, publications, and so forth, but it, it needs to be out there in the public uh, sphere. and. Uh, You know, for that, there there needs to be an awakening of interest. It would be fantastic if there were some young uh, black scholars who would be willing to do some research on Bayes Nordi and his relationship to Mandela. Uh, It it does seem to me that, that that's the kind of thing that is needed at this time.
0: And, and I mean, and, and I'm glad that um, you, you're talking about connecting it to the times where we are now. How important is telling this part of our history in a way that is as authentic, um, that we don't se- sensationalize and, and, you know, yeah. g- celebrate people's memory as it presented itself? Uh,
1: absolutely. I mean, you know, Baye uh, already in the 1960s was saying, Um, there can be no reconciliation without justice. Mm. Uh, He was saying uh, reconciliation includes economic justice. I mean, this is long before 1990. Uh, We forget that and we too easily write off um, reconciliation uh, as a cheap, uh, easy way out of uh, the challenges facing South Africa. But for both of the uh, as for Madiba, this wasn't a cheap way. This is a costly way. Yeah. Uh, and, and we need to be reminded of what they actually stood for and what they actually said. What we're saying today about economic justice and reconciliation has been said before. And we must keep on saying it because that's the message that has to be put out there. But it is the, manda- uh, the message of Baez mandela and Mandela. It's, it's, it's the same message.
0: There was so much pain in Liesel's voice as she was reflecting on who his uh, her father was and and yeah. the contribution that she's made. How is the family now, and where are they?
1: Well, uh, I've lost touch with the family. Of course, his wife died. Mm. Uh, I, I have met his uh, his daughter Elsa, and uh, she was at a uh, a workshop at Stellenbosch a year or two ago when we were talking about these things. I actually don't know where the family is right now. Yeah, I remember but, during know, his
0: passing the there family. was a fund uh, that was started. I wonder if, if that still exists uh, to just help the family survive.
1: Well, I think the families of all stalwarts suffer a great deal.
0: Mm. That's just tragic. And uh, Beas Nodias, ashes uh, were scattered in Johannesburg Township of Alexander after yeah. a private family service. I think service. in Alexandria, yeah. Wow, that's how connected he was uh, to his people. Thank you, Professor. Thank you very much You're very uh, for welcome. helping us.
1: Thank you for asking me.
0: Ah, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, that's where we end the conversation. That was uh, Professor John uh, DeGrushi, who is Emeritus Professor of uh, Christian Studies at uh, UCT and also so extraordinary professor in the Faculty of Theology in Stellenbosch University.